This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. This week, a chat with Jane Rosenthal, film and television producer, co-founder, of course, of the Tribeca Film Festival. A little bit of a different year this year, 2020. Yeah, it's usually kicking off right now, and it's a big deal, and it's a big festival. And of course, like most things in our society, it was closed down. But that's not stopping them, Jason. That's not stopping them, Jason. They are doing things online. And what I love about talking to Jane is that they were, by creating the Tribeca Film Festival right after 9-11, they know a lot about bringing a city back from a crisis. So a really timely conversation. Absolutely. So the show must go on, and that is certainly the case for the Tribeca Film Festival, now in its 19th year, founded after 9-11 to help revive downtown New York. This year, though, happening virtually and online because of the coronavirus. Here with how they are bringing the festival to fans who are sheltering in place, and also to content creators, is Jane Rosenthal, Tribeca Enterprises and Tribeca Film Festival co-founder and CEO, joining us on the phone. Jane, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we hope you're doing well, your family, everybody staying healthy, safe and sound? Everybody is healthy um, and safe, um, whether or not, and and sound. Uh, Everybody is going a little cabin crazy (laughs) at this point, but, um, you know, it's been a wonderful bonding experience, so thank you, and I hope your families are, are also doing doing well. It is it, it is a crazy, crazy time. Yeah, it's an extraordinary time to be sure. And we want to talk about everything that's going on with Tribeca and some of the innovations that that you're getting underway. But, you know, I I did want to ask you if we could, just given this crazy time and given that you are very much as we are at the epicenter of it, what's it like in New York right now, New York City right now for you? Well, um, I am actually out in Watermill, New York on Long Island, where I've had a home for 25 years. Um, my uh, my oldest daughter is in the city, mm-hmm. and um, you know, worried about her, uh, worried about her daily. Um, you know, this city. You know, it, when when there's no people on the streets in New York City, it's just a very sad sight. But. Uh, uh, it's that resiliency that New Yorkers have, and we've seen it with all the uh, first-line workers, the health workers, uh, police, firefighters, EMS, delivery workers. Uh, New York is strong. We've gotten through so much in the past. We've gotten through 9-11. Um, we're a resilient, we're a resilient city. Um, so I forward to working with everyone and figuring out what that what the new normal is now for us well you know you're like the perfect person to talk to because you know we were talking about and planning for this this interview you know you do understand bringing back a city from crisis you know that's what you guys did with the Tribeca Film Festival and it was so many people were riding off downtown New York um, understandably New York was damaged um, and hurt on so many different levels after 9-11 what do you think you know how do we this is a different type of crisis fair to say um, how do we come back what do you, what are your expectations for Newark, New, New York where we are such a you know social city you're so used to being you know 
kind of crammed next to one another. And, and I think on some level, we enjoy that. I mean, I think it's why we all are, are in New York, work there, live there. Um, what are your expectations for how we come back? I think first and foremost, we all have to feel safe again and safe to go out and know, uh, understand what is happening in terms of, of testing and protocols and, uh, you know, our, our, just the way the way we move is going to change. The way we get dressed and putting on a mask to go outside all the time. So things are going to change um, without question. So what are the new normal procedures and practices that we're going to have to uh, adapt to? And that's one thing about New Yorkers: we are all adaptable. You know, we will mm. turn it; it will turn into something. Um, but um, you know, as everyone. You know, as the governor has said, okay, it's going to be a gradual unpause of uh, of our of our society, of our of our culture, and um, you know, first and foremost is to be safe. So tell us what uh, the decision-making was around the film festival, because as you know, as far better than than Carol or or I do. We're just fans and and consumers of uh, of great movies and and films. You know, it is both an individual, but also a a social experience uh, going to the movies. And as Carol has rightly said, Tribeca Film Festival was so much part of bringing New York uh, back, you know, sort of bringing that zeitgeist of New York back at its founding. Tell us about the decision to put select programming online, what went into it and what it looks like. So first, what was, uh, to go to your previous question a little bit, part of what was, what we were able to do after 9-11 was to gather people, to bring people together and in numbers and in, in, in numbers and having audiences together, we were able to say, we're still here, we're strong, we're still here. What has um, been heartbreaking about trying to figure out where we are right now was the fact that we couldn't gather. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we how do we then gather? Technology has you know over the past twenty years has changed all of our lives, uh, and we looked at what we could do first and foremost to um, to support all of our uh, all of our creators uh, that had uh, worked so hard, both uh, returning filmmakers and new filmmakers. So we have online our uh, Tribeca Immersive 360. Uh, you can go on if you have an Oculus headset. You can um, watch those programs, uh, avail- and that's available to the public. Uh, we've done a number of things that are available to industry and press, uh, such as our extranet or our um jurors have uh, gathered together on on Zoom and uh, will uh, announce those awards shortly uh, for the you know so that we have jury prizes um, still uh, we have our new online work again that was for industry so it was let's um, have the Tribeca X Awards which is the best in brand content from filmmaker collaborators uh, collaborators with uh, with brands and that's also available online. Um, it was different when you say how, you know, how, 
you know, it's just, it's just different. We're still, we've done a lot of things that are available to our audience because we're very much an audience festival and mm-hmm. about bringing people together. We've done an initiative where every day we offer a short film a day to keep anxiety away. Uh, it's, uh, just something to pop into your inbox uh, besides the news. I, can um, I just say, I love that. I get that every day. And one of the things that Jason and I have increasingly been talking to, um, actually, we just talked with the founder of Tom, Tom's yesterday about, because he has created something about, you know, helping people to stay healthy on their own. And I think the mental health um, you know, wellness component of this virus, of people being at home, especially folks, you know, we've heard from a lot of our colleagues who are single living in a small apartment in New York, and it's it's difficult. Um, but that that idea of, you know, keeping anxiety away, I think that, that has been a really smart move on your guys' part, and I think really, really helpful to everybody. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for that. We hope we'll continue to... Uh, do those shorts as well as be able to announce some other initiatives that will um, bring people together in a socially distanced and safe way. Uh, it's um, it, look, it's challenging. It's just mm. uh, it, it's challenging, but uh, and it's also, I mean, when you think about the movies and you think about being together. It's also about what happens when you laugh together or cry together and that communal experience. Um, We know that the DGA and the other guilds are working to look at all angles of our business so that we can continue to make films and and bring films back back into the world and and do that in a a safe way. but um, look, I think that technology, as much as gathering together and being in an audience, there's nothing like that being in a dark theater. But it's pretty amazing that we can go around the world and we can watch all kinds of films online. And, um, you know, they can, you know, before COVID-BC, they were coexisting. <laughs> and uh now uh, AC will have, uh, you know, a, a new way to approach that. But uh, we are lucky that we can get all kinds of content online uh, to make us to make us laugh and to bring us together and to have social forums to be able to share things together. And um, you know, it's. I I, I also think it's going to be a very creative period for people in an innovative period. Yeah. Um, so in, in a way, I, I look forward to that. I, I get excited about what that can be, but doesn't mean that daily life isn't going to be completely upended as it has been. And, um, really just, uh, um, you know, at times, depressing. Right. Well, uh, let's talk about that a, a little bit. I mean, both from the, the creator's perspective, but also the consumer's perspective. I mean, we are, uh, I think it's safe to say, fortunate that we already were in this time where our consumption patterns are changing and 
Carol's heard me say this a million times, like I am the biggest fan in the world of going to the movies. I'll go by myself. I'll go with friends. I'll go with family. I'll drag somebody <laughs> along uh, with me uh, to, you know, a revival of a movie or a new movie, whatever it is. But we do also, to your point, Jane, have this amazing ability through all the streaming services to see things that we might not ever have seen. I, I think it's fair to say that a movie like Parasite, probably without streaming and without sort of the accessibility and, and the internet would not have uh, maybe landed the way that it did, especially in the United States. What does that sort of consumption pattern mean for movies going forward, even outside of the, the virus, sort of how we're able to get all these different movies? Well, at, you know, that point is actually very exciting because it's, uh, we are global cinema. It is, you know, world cinema. Um, we get to now see store, something like Parasite would not have risen without the knowledge of, uh, without, it, it was actually seen, I believe, in theaters first. Uh, right. And it's now online for people to, to see, um, but uh, as you know, it's um, there's no longer there's no longer quote foreign film. It's just global. It's, yeah, you know, it's just it's film. world cinema, it's international oh. cinema. It's film. Um, I produced the movie The Irishman, oh. um, and uh, that film was theatrically distributed uh, in over 1,200 theaters, and then um, it went uh, on Netflix. Now those two could those two could um, could live together. Uh, there was they they're two different experiences to be in the theater uh, and to watch something online, but they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, and you know each brings you a different type of a different type of experience. You see different things uh, when you're in a movie theater and with an audience versus when you're in your living room and uh, only with your, your family as we have all been for the past Jane. Many, many weeks. <laughs> Jane, Jane, what are the things? I don't know, but who's counting? Right. <laughs> well, listen, that's actually been part of, I mean, joke, not joke. You know, it's like, what day is it? My husband leaving last night. He's like, uh, we, is it Saturday? Like, it's just crazy. Like our concept of time. Um, we've all kind of lost what day we're in. One thing I wanted to ask you is what's the future of content? I mean, so many productions are, are completely shut down. You know, what does that happen? You know, or what, what happens then when you have six to 12 months, if not more of nothing being taped? Is there enough stuff out there that's in a holding pattern? Or will we see an impact of that? I think you'll see some impact of that, uh, without question. Uh, it depends how long it goes. It, it really depends how long it goes on. There are a number of movies ready to ready to start um, shooting, and I know there, uh, you know, certainly on series uh, there are a number of shows. But we have to too, as an industry, um, make sure that our crews are. Our crews are safe, uh, and um, and how we do things, whether it's going on a location scout and everybody jumping into a van <laughs> together, or craft mm. services. I mean, you just think of the daily. You just think of the, you know, the things that you do to prep a movie. You're all in a tight spot together. Uh, so, you know, how do we social distance? How do we change? Uh, how do two actors who are doing? Um, 
you know, a love scene. Do you, you know, oh, does yeah. that change? Um, you start to think of, you start to think of, of, of theater. Are you going to change the way something is actually directed and choreographed? Can you touch, you know, yeah. what does that, what does that look like? Does suddenly the way um, somebody costume design, are we, what kind of masks are we wearing and gloves? I mean, you start to you start to go into the you know the, the details of it, and you know what does that all what does that all look like? But yes, there will be content out there. I think there's uh, there's also a, a place for for audiences to rediscover things too. Mm. Um, and there are so many movies that haven't gotten a, you know attention that can yeah. now. Um, you know, now be seen. So you started in the beginning, you mentioned earlier how like all of us were getting a little cabin crazy. So I'm curious, I owned up and I said I binged on Tiger King. I'm just curious what you're watching at home, um, what you're doing um, as you are sheltering at home. Been working a lot and keeping, um, keeping my team active. Um, I, I think I, I, I personally feel that the more I work, then I will, the more, the more I work, then uh, I'll keep my sanity when I mm. stop working and have time to think. I kind of uh, lose it a bit. Um, but I've watched Unorthodox, uh, which I thought was terrific. Uh, I watched Tiger King with uh, my daughter. And, um, you know, I'm a total... Um, news junkie so that is yeah. um so i guess I, I guess i'm in heaven but then it gives me anxiety so i, I know to, yeah i don't. find myself having to read like a you know a murakami novel or something before i go to bed to at least take me to an entirely uh, different place i can't i can't read the news uh, right before i go to sleep i think and, and i think i'm not alone in that well, Jane. The, the other thing, the other yeah. thing that I've actually like rediscovered again is I've been reading *Leaves of Grass*. So it's really oh. interesting to suddenly go back, and especially as you know, a New Yorker, Long Islander, to go back and look at uh, the mm. eighteen, uh, you know, eighteen fifties. With Walt Whitman and mm. what he what he was doing from Brooklyn to Long Island and um, that kind of isolation has been um, has been uh, actually a lovely stab. And that was Jane Rosenthal, film, television producer, co-founder of the Tribeca Film Festival. And as you said at the top, Carol, really important player in all of this, especially given the history, the heritage of the film festival coming out uh, after 9-11 initially. This is a city, we know it, we live here, right. uh, that needs some healing right now. What's also great about her, Jason, is that, man, she understands the entertainment world, producing content, and with everything that's going on streaming, I feel like it was so timely to talk with her on so many different levels. So glad we were able to catch up with her. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. And be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. This is Bloomberg.